Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Sam Baxter, the founder of the Camp Transformation Centers. And if you want to learn how to become your best, you should be listening to Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chapel. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Off to do. And for me, it wasn't about that. Later on, I found out it's called entrepreneurship because one of my good friends that 15 years ago was just a client, mm -hmm. he comes out and I said, Dan, what do you do? He goes, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I had to go look it up in a dictionary. Yeah. Because back then, nobody knew who I Now everybody's an entrepreneur. So right? a client, like your personal training yes. class. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And we're still dear friends. You know, yeah. he's been on the podcast. He's one of my friends and mentors. Yeah. And when he said an entrepreneur, I had to go look it up. And for me, it wasn't about that. And, and but when I started owning my business and when I knew, it was like, oh my God, man. At first, I'm like, I was putting in 70 hours a week, 70 hours a week for like four or five years. That's what I did. Yeah. And how, how old were you at this time when you first started? At that time, I was 26, 27. Okay. I was putting 70 hours a week, but I didn't mind putting 70 hours a week because it's what I was doing anyway. Right. I loved it. There's one thing you do 70 hours a week and doing something you do not like. Oh, it's got to be But impossible. I was in the gym. Yeah. I was in the gym. I was helping clients. I was working out. I was talking to them about my nutrition, about their nutrition. Mm -hmm. and, and next thing you know, like basically five years of my life was in the gym pretty much 24-7. Right. The only time I went home was just take a nap or go to sleep or hang out a couple hours on the weekends. But after that, I was that. So and entrepreneurship is very, very, very interesting because there is no off hours. You know, it's 24-7, 365. You work around the clock. But then again, how can you not love it because you call the shots? You call the shots. There's a double-edged sword in entrepreneurship. The problem is, the good thing about entrepreneurship is you're the boss, you call the shots. And the problem is that you're the boss right. and you call the shots. <laughs> you saw that coming. Right. I, saw, I know you saw that coming. You know? Yeah, for sure. And you don't for have sure. anybody to hold you accountable, That's nobody to, to, to push you and be able to do that. So you got to have the self-discipline, the grit to, to kind of push yourself. Which is or, where that enjoyment of your work comes in. Absolutely. Yeah. And if not, if you feel like you're getting away, then hire a coach, hire a mentor. Hire somebody to push you because you don't have a boss. Right. And that's a problem. Yeah. 
uh, somebody to keep you accountable. If you can't Absolutely. do it yourself, Absolutely. be self-aware enough to know that I can't do this myself. Human I nature. need somebody else. It's yeah. human nature, man. Well, you know, in human nature that to be able to slack off here and there. Mm -hmm. There's not, not, not too many humans that push themselves above and beyond. Well, especially for someone like you that there was a phase in between when you were making $50,000 a year between when now you're hundreds of millions of dollars in sales combined with your businesses and things like that. There's a phase in there where there's very much the option of like, you know what? I'm chilling at this point. I'm like one, two, three million. I can chill here for a while. What, what made you push beyond that? Well, first, you know, I remember I mean, I, when I first made a million, I wanted to see what it looks like in a bag. <laughs> so, and, and so 26, 27, you start the business. How long until that seven figure mark? Oh man, it wasn't until I was like, um, I'm talking about in the bank, okay. right? In the bank. I made seven figures selling like gross, gross sales. sales yeah. Gross sales. But in the bank, it was about 10 years. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember, I just want, you know, I keep seeing Floyd Mayweather, a million dollars in the bag. I, I want to see what it looks like. You know, yeah. I actually have a picture. I should probably put it up. You know, yeah. I'll send it to you. Yeah. We'll you you'll put it up. You'll put it on it. Yeah. And, you know, just see what, what, what a million dollars. And it's not even that big. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a, it's a duffel bag. And then I was like, okay. So a million dollars allow me to have an average home. That's mm -hmm. paid off. An average car. And I still have to work after that, especially here in California. Right. So then I realized, man, that being a millionaire was cool many years ago, but right now it's just the middle class. And once you make your first million, it's easier now to make the second yeah. and the third. And That's the third. what I was going to ask. So 10 years to make the first million, like to have a million dollars in the bank, how many years after that to make it two million? Six months. Right. Not, even, not, not even years. Yeah. Just compressed the timeline. Yes. Yeah. You just compress. Of... You just compress. Because of knowledge, because of momentum, because of the association, infrastructure. Systems. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So from that point, where in that was the bankruptcy story and the... It, bankruptcy was before that. Okay. You know, the bankruptcy was when I started my business in, you know, in the year 2000. All I knew is how to get people in shape because I studied chiropractic. Right. I went to Penn State, I'm a pre-med and nutrition degree, studied chiropractic, you know, and I was a, I was a world-class bodybuilder. So I started my business on just getting people in shape. I had no idea about sales. I had no idea about marketing. Mm. I had no idea about systems and processes and things like that. Yeah. I just was doing what I was doing. I, right. was, I was making some money. So I was making some money and about 2005, you know, I'm like, you know what, it's time for me to take this seriously. 2005 was my last bodybuilding show. Okay. You know what I mean? I, I retired. You know, I got run around Mr. USA's. And, you know, I won Mr. Los Angeles. You know, I, I retired. And I said, okay, it's time for me to take this business seriously because, okay. you know, eventually I want to get married and have kids. And then I started getting mentors and coaches and things mm -hmm. like that. And I started blowing up my business exponentially. So, like, in 2007, I was doing $2.4 million gross sales from, like, a 3,500-square-foot facility. And then, all of a sudden, 2008 came, right? It just slapped me. Nobody... Nobody ever taught me about the ups and downs in the economy. Nobody ever taught me about there's cycles and there's, right. there's winters and there's summers and things like that. And I ignored the signs. I'm like, no, man, especially, you know, you're that age, you know, you buy a house for like 300, three, four years later, you know, it's worth 600. You're all of a sudden the greatest investor in the world. <laughs> yeah, right. right? You, you, so you right. think. It's you like know, all the Bitcoin millionaires. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, you know, you couldn't tell me nothing at the time, you right. know, and I could. Oh, oh, no, I got it. I got it. I right. got it. Next thing you know, the Bulletproof. business. Bulletproof. Yeah. Exactly. Next thing you know, the business started bleeding. I started putting some savings into it. Next thing you know, the business started bleeding. Started saving savings in it. And I'm like, oh, shit. You know, this is like, this is for real. Yeah. Next thing you know, everything starts coming down to I have no more savings. I put mm -hmm. everything back in the business and the business was bleeding so bad. I remember, you know, calling my ex-wife. You know, she was pregnant with my first child. Calling to a restaurant. She was six months pregnant. I'm crying. I say, you know, we have we were minus three hundred fourteen dollars in the bank account, and in two weeks, payroll is due is about twenty thousand dollars. I have none. I don't know what to do, but I say, you know what, just stay home. I, I'll get it figured out. And that's where the foreclosures came and the bankruptcies and you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with. Indeed, if you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed 
survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. So was this a separate business from the camp? Or was this like, that was, did, that, did you call it that? No, that, then, that, yeah. So, so my first business was called Fitness Concepts, Fitness Concepts, which still owns half the camp. Yeah, I was going to say. You know yeah. what I mean? So that was, the, that was a mother, that was a mothership. Okay. Right? Fitness Concepts originally was a personal training, one-on-one personal training. Yeah. Then later on when people couldn't afford one-on-one personal training, then we introduced group training. And I was very leery for that because I was old school. Yeah, you got to have one trainer, one client. And be able to, you know, give them the attention, you know, shorter form. And we, we started group training. I was very leery. I'm like, ah, people are not going to get the results. People are not going to stay. And to my surprise, people got better results. They stayed longer. They were much happier. It's all about that group accountability. Absolutely. Right? They're working yeah. out with their friends, the group accountability. And one-on-one training, man, is, we call it a therapy session now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, you know, you yeah. get to know your trainer after a while. And you come in and work hard. Oh, so how's your husband? How's your wife? What are you doing this weekend? Next, you know, it's too much of this and not enough of this. Right. That had to go. So I'm glad that, you know, we changed. How long in between like foreclosures, bankruptcy and all that stuff before you were like, I'm going to give this another go and I'm going to do it different this time. So when all of that stuff happened in 2009, in 2010, I was approached by one of my acquaintances, Alejandro Font, which is my business partner now. And um, she said, Sam, can I come work for you? And I'm like, work for me? I'm like... They were so successful because they were my clients. I see them all the time with their Benzes and Navigators and all that kind of stuff. And she goes, yeah, our business are not doing good. We're going to shut it down, but can I come work for you? And she was very in shape. She had a certification. So she came work for me for, you know, for a couple of months. Then she pitched me the boot camp idea, you know. And at first I'm like, nah, man, it's not going to work. I'm like, there's a bunch of aerobics class, people jumping up and down. People are like, that's not going to work. And she goes, come on, let's, let's give it a try. So usually when I want to get rid of somebody, I just give them a bunch of lists to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, here's 20 things I need you to do. If you can get those things done, yeah. we can talk about it. Never hear from them again. Right. But not Ali. She came in the next day. She got it done. And then I, I said, you know what? I, I, need, I need you to do more stuff. I gave her some more stuff. And she came and done that. I literally, at that time, Travis, I had $11,000 in my bank account. That's all I had, completely total. And I said, look, I don't have a lot of money. She goes, I don't have none. I'm like, well, what do you mean you don't have none? Are we going to go 50-50 or what? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> she's, like, she's like, no, you put in the money, I'd work it. Yeah. I said, okay. I said, so, so what we did was, she said, I don't want $11,000, I want $9,000. So I put him $9,000, she started teaching everything, she did everything, and next thing you know, the campus is what it is today. 125 locations, international franchise, and it was changing lives there. You, you went through it? I went through it, yeah, I'm definitely a personal mm-hmm. testimony. I'm curious to know about the mentality here, Sam, because this is something that's fascinating to me uh, with people like you who just keep like going at it, keep going at it, keep going at it. People, I feel, need too much permission to attack things in that sense, if that makes sense. Like, so when you opened your first business, like they need permission to blow it up to a multi-million dollar business as if like they personally don't feel like they're capable of running a million dollar business and they limit themselves in their own minds to prevent themselves from being able to run a business of that stature. So then after you do that and then it crumbles right in front of your eyes and you're back to like negative in your bank account, then like personal training, try to build it up to 10 grand again. What gives you the confidence and the fortitude and the identity really to step into that next version of yourself and say, you know what, we're going to tackle this now. Even though that didn't work, this is going to work. I was always the guy who wants to try things out. I'm always the guy who's like, all right, hey, how much does this cost? 300 bucks for us to test it out, 500 bucks, $10,000, whatever it is. Okay. Then you look at it as what's the best thing that can happen 
what's the worst thing that can happen? And if you live with the worst thing that can happen, then you should go for it. So for me, that's why there's a sign right there that says no risk, no rari. If you don't take any risk, you don't take a gamble. I'm not talking about being stupid, right. just going out there and just do dumb stuff and dumb gambling and, and throw money away. But if you take calculated risks, mm. here's all you got to do. All you have to do is swing, swing at the ball, swing at the ball. I know nothing about baseball. Here's what I do know. You get three swings and you're out. Three strikes and you're out. In life, there's no three strikes. You have unlimited swings. So all you have to do is just hit one out the park. Right. But if you don't try, you don't hit. I don't understand with the question you asked me, what's the alternate? What's the alternate? The alternate would be... Living a mediocre life. Just don't do nothing and just retreat and just, just feel sorry for yourself. And just, you know, say, oh, well, I, I tried something that didn't work. So I stopped trying and I'm just going to just, you know, retreat and be a DNB. You know, you know what that means, right? Did not. D do nothing, bitch. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? That's, that's what I call DNB. Okay. You know what I mean? Like you just sitting on a, a couch, could have, would have, should have. I can't do that. I can't do that. As long as I have, I'm breathing. As long, as long as I have a breath left, I'm going to try. Yeah. You know, sure. I mean, sure. I have days that I have doubts. Yeah. Sure. I have days that I get beat up. You know what I do? Hit the gym. Definitely hit the gym. <laughs> I hit the gym. Gym has been my people Therapy, say, do, yeah. people say, do you meditate? Do you go to one of those think tanks and do 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 zen? And I can't do that. Yeah. For me, it's some Tupac and some Biggie, some Iron, and I'm good. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I gotta say, man, it's like the worst thing can happen, man. I, I get a little, a little down. I have some pizza. I go to bed early. I take an L for the day. And here's for people who are listening and going through things, it's okay to lose a battle or two. Just don't lose the war. I love that so much. I, I love that you said, um, eat some pizza, go to bed early, because I think people try to fix that too often. They try to fix like, man, I'm feeling feeling down today. I, like, I need to do something to fix it. It's like sometimes Take the you hell, just have a bed. bad day. Yeah, you just like, you know what? Today's your pajamas. the day, tomorrow's the day. Get in, the, get yeah. in your pajamas, yeah. get a pizza, watch a Netflix, and just call it a day. Right. It's okay, bro, it's okay. You know, because yeah. tomorrow you're going to be rejuvenated, you're going to be repurposed, you know, be able to do that, man. You know, it's, it's too many people are worried about these little battles. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're, they're forgetting about the, the big war. Yeah, so... You touched on so many things there, and I want to kind of pick this apart because I think it's super important. One of the big things that I think covers some of this is people's value systems. I think a lot of people value maybe the wrong things in life. So when they get to the point where like, oh, you know, I just lost my business. I got 10 grand in the bank. They're so operating from the scarcity mindset that they don't want to take another big risk because they got, they got like bit last time. But I think it just comes from a point of view where they've, they're valuing what culture sets aside for them instead of valuing what they truly want to get out of life. And so they bend to culture's will and say, oh, uh, you know what, this time I'm not going to take the risk. This time I'll, I'm going to keep my 10 grand and like pile it safely in this corner and just keep adding money to it so that I don't lose it again because that sucked. And I did right? that, bro. And I did that too, man. I mean, there was a time where, I, you know, that recession messed me up so much. Yeah. Because my whole thing is about providing for my family. That's my why. So I didn't have a dad. I didn't have a dad to provide for me. I never wanted to be the dad that didn't provide. Yeah. So when that 2008 came, it just devastated me because I didn't want to be that deadbeat dad that didn't have shit and couldn't be able to do anything for the kids. That's my strong why. So for me, it's always been what I have to do to do that. And after the 2008, 2009 crash, I sold all my cars and I drove the company Scion XB. You know, it's so funny because today I was renewing all the toll road stuff. And they're like, yo, you did Scion XB. I'm like, I don't have that no more. Let me give me, you know, here's a Ferrari, here's a Lamborghini, here's this. And for a period of like three years, I drove the Scion company car Scion XB that was wrapped. It was like one of those Xboxes, right? Mm, yeah. And I told myself, I'm going to become that guy that's just going to be not spend money on anything, not do anything and all that. And then I'm just going to be, you know, I remember my business partner, Ali, comes up to me and says, hey, why are you using the company card for groceries? I'm like, I'm not using the company card for groceries. She was like, I see Ralph's. You know, there's Ralph's charges on here. I go, that's where I get gas because it's cheaper. You know what I mean? Even though it was a company card, I was just being um, super, super frugal mode. Right. I actually gamified it. I gamified it on how much I cannot spend that day. You know what I mean? I, I would literally like, you know, fill up my water bottles in the restroom. Right. I was just playing, you know, games with myself. And me being a car guy, Ever since I was a little kid, I was playing with toy cars. Like, I literally felt like somebody cut my balls off. Yeah, right. Like, I was, like, not living to what I wanted to live. And then, finally, I was like, you know what? That's not, you know, that's not, that's not me. That's not me because society says you have to do this now. You know, I've learned enough. My kids have college accounts set up. They're good for college. House paid for, cars paid for. I don't want anything. So now I can be able to just do 
some of the things that makes me happy. You know, society says, oh, don't buy the Rari. Don't do this. Don't, that's not smart, smart, smart. It's not, maybe not smart for you. But if something makes your heart happy, mm. and as long as you're not being a dumb investor, right. you're not doing dumb things with it, nothing wrong with it. At the end of the day, you have to be happy. Yeah, totally. I'm curious on all of that. What value do you think there is in living super lean like you were when you were getting the camp started this time? I around? think everybody needs to do that at a period of time. It's so funny. I go through seasons. I go through seasons and I'm super, super frugal. I go through seasons and I'm just like spending money like a drunken <laughs> sailor. You know what I mean? It's just weird. It's, just, it's, yeah. just a, it's like the season. But I truly believe that in the beginning when you're getting started, you got to run lean, man. Yeah. You got to run lean. You have to watch every penny. And the way you do it, you gamify it. Because if you just say, oh, well, I'm not going to buy anything, this, this, and this. I play games with myself. I mm. remember one time Ali was with me, my business partner and I. We're in San Diego and we're coming back and the Scion didn't have any gas. And I went to a, to a mobile gas station because I, when I had no gas. I put in $5 worth. She's like, why don't you fill it up? I'm like, no, because I want to go I want to go to yeah, Ralph's. I need to make it to the other gas I station. Want, yeah, I want to make it to the other gas station. <laughs> and she was looking at me like, you lost it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I did that. I remember like going to the airport, take an empty bottle of water with me just like that. I would take an empty, I would fill it up at the airport because I didn't want to buy, pay five, six dollars mm. for a bottle of water, even though I had it. But guess what that did though? that allow me to buy this house. That's, that's what I was gonna say. It's, it seems like throughout your career, you've really perfected the skill set because I truly do believe it's a skill set of delaying gratification. I knew you were gonna say that. That's my yeah. favorite word of all time. So can you kind of talk into that for a second? Talk to me why it's so important to master that skill. Well, I mean, look, in order for you to get to your big goals, you have to learn how to avoid shiny object syndrome because along the way, life happens, things happen. But if you focus on your big goal and you're willing to give up something that you want now for something greater later, that's when magic happens. Unfortunately, 99% of people cannot do that. Only the 1% can do that. And there's the 1% that, are, that build those, that, those muscles, that discipline muscles, that delay gratification muscles. And by far, I mean, I, mean, I know you, you probably know about this book. It's called Who Ate My Marshmallow? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's called you know, the Marshmallow, Marshmallow Study in Stanford. Yeah. You know, Stanford, they, mm -hmm. they did that. And they found out that delaying gratification is the number one key to success later on in life. The only real common denominator that they could, they could trace it back to, because that like backgrounds and work ethic, like all those things are all over the place. But the one thing yeah. that they could trace it all back to was if you can delay gratification, then you will have a certain- It's hard to do though in this society today. Oh yeah. It's so hard to, if we're in a microwave society, I mean, look, right. yesterday, was it yesterday or day before I looked at it? Oh, iPhone 11 is out. Oh, how convenient. Right. There's nothing wrong with my iPhone 10. Right. So do I want to up, you know, upgrade, you know, pay another thousand dollars to get that? And I need it most, now. And most people do. Right, need you know, it on my doorstep tomorrow. Same yeah. thing. And that's why society as general, most people are overweight and broke because it's the same muscle, delay gratification. That's what I was going to ask. So same, how, how, much, how much do you think your bodybuilding career like developed that Tremendously. muscle? Tremendously. Yeah. Tremendously. Is when, that why it's really important to you for people in general to be healthy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because when you're healthy, when you feel better about yourself, everything in your life transcends. And you know, you have to. You know, for me, it just did so much for me. Bodybuilding saved my life. Discipline saved my life. For me, as a Persian man, to go over my mom's and my aunt's house, not eat their food, <laughs> take my own damn chicken breast and broccoli. <laughs> they thinking like, oh my God, Sam is just weird. On top of that. I was going to say, because you were super lean when you were doing bodybuilding, yeah. right? Like what body fat percentage? I got down to like 3%. 3% body fat. That's yeah. insane. You know, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm also shaving my arms and shaving my legs for bodybuilding. Yeah. And, you know, at yeah, that me point. Too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hairier than you, bro. I'm, I'm Persian, man. We got, we, we got, you know, but it's just like, we don't, Persians don't do that. So I was always the outlaw in mm. everything. I was the black sheep of the family. They're just like, you know, that Sam guy's kind of weird. <laughs> but you know what they do now? Whenever somebody's in trouble and financially, who they call? It's that whole... I'll be the black sheep. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'll own that. That's yeah. me. Yeah, like, that's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take that identity every day. So now, with that same principle, delaying gratification, that, that muscle that you worked on when you were doing bodybuilding, taking that into your business this time around, because it doesn't seem the first business that you practiced that as much. Would you say that's true? I did not. Okay. You're right, 100%. I didn't know. I knew bodybuilding, but I didn't know finances were so closely correlated mm, to yeah. bodybuilding. Got it. I just thought that, hey, money just, 
Once you start making money, it just compounds and compounds and compounds. I didn't know that it's just like bodybuilding. Just like you can get gains, you can lose gains real quick. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I've so experienced that as yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we all have, you know what I mean? And then the recession really taught me how to bring that discipline, dig it up for finances. What's going on, everybody? This episode of the show is brought to you in part by ClearBank. Your favorite Netflix show gets canceled before the second season. You draw last pick in your fantasy football draft. You're roused from sleep by the construction outside your window, the one day that you can sleep in. We can't change those things, but ClearBank is changing one unfair thing, how hard it is to get funding as an entrepreneur. They know that it's scary to put your house up as collateral for a bank loan and how scary and time-consuming it can be pitching investors, not to mention giving up pieces of your own company if the investor likes it. Well, ClearBank believes that fundraising can be easy. They created a new way for founders to raise money without tapping into their personal resources. They can fund you anywhere from $10,000 to $10 million in a single day. All you need to do is fill out their 20-minute term sheet to get started. ClearBank works with e-commerce companies, SaaS companies, and yes, mobile apps as well. They have funded thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs and, are, and they are on track to now have invested over $1 billion in 2019. Over $1 billion in 2019. So as a special gift to my listeners, qualifying companies that get approved by ClearBank will get $1,000 of additional capital. To sign up, visit clearbank.com slash Travis. That's ClearBank with a C, C-L-E-A-R-B-A-N-C, clearbank.com slash Travis. ClearBank, stop pitching and get back to doing what you love, growing your business. What's up, everyone? Just wanted to take a quick second and give a shout out to my favorite podcasting app, Himalaya. If you're not listening to podcasts on this new app, you're definitely missing out. It's like a social media app, but for podcast listeners. Follow your go-to shows, like and comment on your favorite episodes, and download professionally curated playlists made just for you. So head on over to your app store or Google Play store and download Himalaya today and thank me later. So now coming into, obviously we've been, the market is doing very well for a very long time mm -hmm. and we are overdue now for mm -hmm. a correction. Mm -hmm. there, it, yeah, I was going to say, is there anything that you're doing now using your experience from before to help maybe prepare yourself, not just to survive, but to actually thrive and explode during this downtime? Absolutely. So I have dedicated a certain amount of money to savings, certain amount of money to my kids' college funds, certain amount of money to growth fund. And these are money that I don't even see, I don't even control. I don't even have the passwords to those accounts on purpose yeah. because I don't want to be able to even have access to it. So I'm very well prepared. I paid everything off so that when our time comes, I'm not freezing. I'm going to go skiing and I'm going to be snowboarding. <laughs> yeah. time. Right. Do you have like an aggressive um, marketing strategy or something like that for the gym itself? I do. Okay. We always have. We, we, we always market very aggressively. It's very important for you to always, always, always try to attract customers, new customers, and try to get your, you know, get your face in front of as many people as possible. So, Marketing is a life lifeline of, of your business. Right. Is there anything that you're going to adjust moving into like a recession type period? Absolutely. You know, first thing you do is look at what every position in the company needs to make sense. Every position a company needs to be able to be directly correlated on performance and whoever is not doing what they're supposed to will be able to meet their key performance indicators for that and we need to restructure. That's number one. You know, number two, then obviously your spending habits needs to change. Doesn't matter whatever it is, you know, you have money or not, you know, you just have to, you know, you know, look at it. One thing that I always done is every six months I rip out my credit cards because I want to get new ones because then I want to know what do I have on auto bill right. that, that I don't know about. Right. And you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how much stuff you have on auto bill and things like that that you, you may charge or you don't even know. And obviously, you know, I have some money stashed away to be able to pick up some real estate cheap pennies on a dollar. Yeah, I was going to say. So investing strategy for absolutely. you is real estate over any other form? Yeah, I will say in a recession time, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Just because of the deals you can find? Absolutely. Do you do a lot of investing currently? I do. You know, I own a couple of multi-unit apartments. I own two, a seven unit and an 11 unit. And we, me and my friend, we do... Flips. Okay, awesome. So we invest money in a flip. Here in SoCal? Yeah, here in Southern California, yeah. You know, so we, we invest the money, you know, we buy, you know, uh, stressed out homes, fix them up, make them nicer, put some money into them, sell them for a profit. So, and in the, the multi-units that you're buying, are these in California as well, or are they? Yes, they're in California, unfortunately. Okay, I was gonna say, how's that going? <laughs> yeah. You know, you know it, it's, the cool thing about California is that 
California appreciates at a higher rate than any other state. The bad thing about California is the cap rate, yeah. you know, where your cash flow is not as strong. So for example, I bought a one unit apartment building here in Long Beach for $1.1 million cash, and it's netting me about $7,500. That same $1.1 million I could take to Tennessee or Houston, I would net me closer to 20 or 15. Right. So I think I would take the cash flow, like Grant Cardone says, cash flow yeah. over, over that any day. So my next round, I'm going to go out of state and yeah. I'm going to pick those got up. Got to. Yeah, yeah I got to go look for the cash flow, yes. not, the, not just the equity. Absolutely. Like equity is the cherry on top. Yeah. Like if I can make some money. The cash flow is like, it's like a paycheck every day. Right. Every right. month. It's investing in yes. getting paychecks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So what about the stock market? Do you do anything in there? Yeah. So I have a growth fund like I was telling you about. Okay. I have a growth fund and automatically a couple of thousand dollars a month for my daughters and for me just goes in that growth fund. That's okay. without me even checking it out. So, yeah. so on stocks, man, you know, I, I like to stay with the big names. So Apple, okay. Disney. One thing, one, one stock that's been doing really good for me lately is Roku. Really? Yeah, Roku's oh, like, yeah, they're up big time. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and, and, you know, Netflix, Amazon, you know, those, those things. When it comes to stock, I invest in brand names. Gotcha. Gotcha. Things that I use. Right. Yeah. Things that, things Costco. that you're actually, like, you know about a yeah. little bit. Yeah. You have some knowledge in. Absolutely. So taking this conversation a little bit of a different direction here, Sam, because this is the Build Your Network podcast. Mm -hmm. So I've talked a lot about relationships, how to build relationships the right way, how to audit the people that are around you to make sure you're putting yourself so in a good, stuff. good environment. So love it. one question that I ask every single guest that's ever come on the show to get this conversation headed in the right direction is, do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important and why? Who you know. Why is that? By far. So what you know will take you so far. Who you know. I mean, look, let me give you an example. Let me give you a really good example. Perfect. And not many people know about this story, but it's about 10 years ago. I was still like 35. You know, mm -hmm. so I was a grown-ass man. Mm -hmm. One of my employees said, Sam, you know, they have street races here in Ontario. Let's go check them out. And I had an M3 back then. I'm like, okay, let's go check them out, but I'm not going to race. And oh, my God, Travis. We went to the side of these roads and there was like, it was like Fast and the Furious. You know, there was like girls and there was like cars and there were like flags. And, yeah. and I saw and a couple of people challenged me onto a race. And I'm like, oh, maybe one, maybe yeah. one race. <laughs> as soon as you told me you weren't going to race, yeah, I was you know like, I mean? yeah, I was like, yeah, right. yeah, one race. Sir. That competitive edge yeah, takes you know, over. Came in. So they said, yeah. you know, I did one race. I did two races, three races, you know, whatever. And we were just in, next thing you know, helicopters and cops out of every, it's just like Fast and the Furious. Wow. You know, just came in. So I managed to get away. Yeah. And then next thing you know, 10 minutes later, a cop pulls me over and he goes, hey, you're racing. I'm like, I wasn't. Yeah, you were racing. And then he pulled out an undercover cops video. <laughs> you, this is you. I'm like, shit. You know, I go, shit. You know what? Yeah, that yeah. jogged my memory. But, yeah. So basically, he impounded the car and I had to take a you know, taxi cab back to my wife. You know, and I imagine like, you know, like, like you, I'd rather get interrogated by the government than get interrogated by your wife. You're a 35 years old grown ass man racing, right? So imagine that thing, you know? But the issue was that I'm a licensed chiropractor. Mm. I'm a doctor, and with that kind of uh, reckless driving and, and speeding, things like that, they can revoke that. That's a professional, you know, you, right. know, you can't be doing that as right. a doctor, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I didn't care about anything else. I just didn't want to have that on my record for my doctor. So I called one of my friends, and one of my friends who, you know, his wife is the CEO of Spearman Rhino. Oh, wow. The strip club, right? Yeah. So obviously they not, they have a few lawyers, you know what I mean? Just a couple. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I said, I said, I told, so I said, Kathy, I need the best lawyer you have. Yeah. I don't care how much it costs. I need to get out of this. So she connected me to one of her attorneys, which was the best one. And he talked, you know, you know what I mean? And he said, all right. He went, he knew the judge and the DA. He went to the judge and the DA and said, look, my client messed up. And they're like, well, of course he messed up as a doctor. He should know better than that. He goes, he's willing to pay whatever fine it is. He just doesn't want to get this on his record. So he basically, they reduced it to speeding with a $3,000 fine or whatever it was. Huge fine, but he got me off speeding and I was off my record. So again, back to your question, a good lawyer knows the law. Right. Great lawyer knows the judge. Which one is better? Right. And so to so me, it's who you know is always better than what you know. Yeah, those relationships are the things that can 100%. pull you out of any situation. 100%. If you just know the right people. Absolutely. Right. So why do you think it is that the majority of people don't put an emphasis on doing this on purpose. Because I've talked to a lot of people, obviously now with 330, 340 episodes of the show, I've wow. talked to a lot of people about this same topic. And it's super interesting to me because everybody, for the most part, agrees that it's super important. 
right? Like building relationships, networking, having great connections, really, like that's all really important. But nobody seems to really prioritize it in their activity. Because it's more uncomfortable. You know, you gotta be get out of your shell. It's easier for you just to like get, get, get behind the computer and just do stuff on your own and do things on your own. It's right. easy for you to just get and try to work on your own. It's, it's kind of uncomfortable to seek out new people, want to yeah. learn to new people. You gotta come and come, come out of your shell. Yeah. You know, so I think that's why most people don't do it, even though they know they should. Yeah. It's harder to do that. But if you make it a priority, you make it a point and you start make gamifying it, hey, today, I'm gonna to talk to six different people yeah. and I'm gonna get there, you know, get to know something about them. That is the key to life, man. Relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and a lot of, you know, when it comes to business, I always tell my franchisees and everyone who owns a business, I said, look, in this day and age when there are 40, 50 people doing what you wanna do within a mile radius of you, within a mile radius of our gym, I got these 10 other boot camps and 24 hour right. fitnesses and late fitnesses. There's everybody's doing. So the only thing that's gonna give you a competitive advantage is by how you treat people. If you treat people transactionally, you're gonna run out of people very soon. You get transactional results. Absolutely, and yeah. you gotta treat people relationally. That's what you have to do. And one, one of the guys I was interviewing a few days ago, he said, man, you know what? He, he talks to people, he gets to know their kids' names, something that, that they're interested in, some points in their life, and then later on when they leave, he writes notes. Mm -hmm. So next time he talks to them, he looks up the notes really quick yeah. and comes out and talks to them. And great doctors, if you notice, great, great doctors, who have great bedside manners, Yeah, they do that. The doctor doesn't remember you. The doctor comes in, they review your chart, and they come back and finish the conversation where they left off. You're like, oh my God, doctor, you remember me. Yeah. She knows she's done her homework. The bad doctors, they don't know. Like, oh, well, what were we here last time? Oh, right. that's not how you wanna you know, treat people. Right, and that's also the bad everything, really. Bad everything, that, any uh, business. Podcast interviewers. A yeah. Any business, right. absolutely. Yeah, the people who don't know what's going yeah. on and have to start from scratch that every single time start from number one yeah that sucks right so what are a couple of things that you've done in your career to really place people around you in like a strategic on-purpose way that you know are going to be people who are constantly pushing you to be the best version of yourself well honestly it just came from just a cream rise to the top i give everybody a chance i don't get too many chances yeah you know what i mean you get at least so, one yeah, you yeah. get at least one and sometimes you get two or sometimes you might get three but if, you, if I see a pattern that I don't like, if I see a pattern of destruction, if I see a pattern of you saying one thing and doing another, then I can't be around that. I'm gonna give you an example. My wife was at Starbucks, you know, last year, when I guess, you know, she was driving a Rolls Royce. This kid comes, sees, sees my wife and says, oh, what do you do? And, and he, he goes, yeah, my, my, my husband's an entrepreneur. He's a, he's a business owner. Oh, I'm an entrepreneur. And so she called me, she goes, yeah, this kid's gonna get, you know, reach out on Instagram, it seems pretty cool. All right. So the kid calls me, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm always willing to help. Mm -hmm. Young kid and all that kind of stuff. I said, hey, can I come work out? I said, yeah, anybody can work out. I work out at 4 a.m. Show up. So he shows up the first day, all pumped up, mm -hmm. this and that. He leaves, right after he leaves, he posts on Instagram, oh, it's cold outside, but I put down the window and I want to get uncomfortable because I wanted to learn how to be uncomfortable. This is what's all about. Learn to be uncomfortable and this and that. Tuesday, 4 a.m., he didn't show up. Next day. Next day, he didn't show up. He didn't show up, he didn't show up for about a month or so, I never heard back from him. Then all of a sudden one day he reaches back to me, hey, can I work out with you in the morning? I'm like, no, so no, absolutely not. Yeah. You can work out anywhere else, but not with me. Mm. You know what I mean? Because that's not the kind of people I want to be around with. I yeah. want the people who follow through with the words, people who say what they're going to do. It had nothing to do with me. I just don't want that vibe in front of me. My wife and I were talking about this actually earlier today at breakfast about how important it is to keep your word to other people, but also primarily how important it is to keep your word to yourself. That's more important than anything. Yeah, can you talk about yeah. that for a second? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, every time you don't keep your word to yourself, basically you're telling yourself it's okay to back down on your word, mm. it's okay not to follow through, and sooner or later you say, you know what, I'm just that kind of person that doesn't follow through, I'm just a loser, and this is you know, this is just how I am. Right. You ever hear talking to people, well, this is just how I am, no, you allowed yourself to be this way. That's a fucking excuse. That's what you've built yourself that to be. Excuse, yeah. you know? And this is what I learned from, you know? In, it was my it was junior, senior year. I was getting ready for Mr. Pittsburgh Bodybuilding Championship. This was in college. I was in Penn State. Okay. I was taking like 20 units in college. I was working full-time as a personal trainer. Wow. And I was working part-time and on the weekends as a bouncer. So basically no sleep. I was dieting. <laughs> I, was, I was making right. food. I was doing all right. my meal prep and everything. So one night, two weeks before, before the show, it was like midterms, I'm like that. I was so stressed out. Travis, I literally sleepwalked 
got in my car, went and got a pizza, a burrito, an ice cream sandwich, some bagels. I mean, I probably ate 10,000 calories. I was just stressed out, came home, and just went to bed, went to bed, woke up the next morning, crying, crying. I'm like, Sam, you effed up. You were just doing so good. Two weeks before the show, you just went, went on binge and everything else like that. You're such a loser. You know what? Drop out of the bodybuilding contest because you're not even made out for this. All this negative self-talk. So for two weeks, I was depressed. I just went and ate junk. All I did was eat junk. I'm like, I'm not going to the bodybuilding show. I might as well just eat, eat, mm -hmm. eat. And that's all I did. And you know what? I went to the bodybuilding show as a spectator. I just went there to just, just to look at it as a spectator. And Travis, I would have won. Hmm. Even after eating two weeks worth of junk, I would have won. All I had to do is just show up. So I learned not only that I beat myself, the next time I will follow through no matter what. If I'm having a bad day, if I'm having a cheat meal yeah. or, or something like that, it's okay. Jump back on the saddle. Just follow through what you say you want to do. That's so, yeah, that's commitment. Right? That's, there's true freedom in commitment, which seems counterintuitive. It seems like commitment is lack of freedom, but really there's ultimate freedom once no, you're committed commitment to No, commitment is freedom. Discipline is happiness. Yeah. You know, to me, man, I mean, look, when people are not disciplined, they're not happy. If you're disciplined enough to do what you're supposed to do, discipline, discipline is, is, is making yourself do what you're supposed to do to get ahead in life. Right. Because everybody knows really what to do. Yes. Yeah, it's and so simple. Yeah, yeah, but if, when you're not doing it and you're just, Blatantly say, oh, I just don't have it, don't have it, don't have it. Mm. How can you be happy? How can you be happy? Happiness is knowing that you're progressing towards your ultimate goal. Yeah, there's so many things to unpack there, but definitely keeping the promises that you make to yourself and building that positive reputation 100%. of who you are. I think ultimately it comes down to like picking your battles too, because I think people people just take on too many things. And that's why you see such a drop off with New Year's resolutions, right? It's like, well, all of a sudden from December 31st to January 1st, I'm going to go from like waking up at 9.30, eating pizza all day, drinking beer, and like not working very often to waking up at 4 a.m., hitting the gym for three hours, like writing some stuff, reading a book, yeah. meditating. Then I'm gonna do this and that. And then like three weeks later, they're completely not doing yeah. anything yeah. because they try to take on all these things yeah. like and change their identity overnight. Yeah. And sometimes I think it might work depending on how much, like depending on the situation that you're in. But I think for the majority of people, it comes down to slowly building that reputation with yourself that you're somebody that keeps the commitments that you make. And that's what's made a huge difference in my life is just picking, picking my battles and saying, I'm not gonna commit to these 48 things because the odds of me actually doing that are probably pretty low at this point. But when I do commit to something, I will 100% do, like do it and see it through. And when you can look at those situations and and start picking out those things and say, you know what, this is what it like, no matter what, I'm committing to this, no excuses, I for sure I'm going to get it done. Then when you look back on the past and then have another thing that comes up, you're like, okay, now I wanna start getting up early yeah. as well. And then I'm gonna hit the gym every day. Even if it's just for 10 minutes, doesn't matter, I'm gonna go to the gym every day. But actually doing it and not compromising on that thing and then 30 45 days later maybe add in another thing and just start like kind of attacking one thing at a time but each and every time you're building up their reputation that says when i commit to something i do it i'm committed i yeah, gotta yeah. do it there's a book very very profound book called what to say to yourself when you talk to yourself and it's one of the best books that i've ever read on that subject so this way how to be able to program yourself and do the things so this way you can have positive self-talk you talk to yourself so much more than you talk to anyone else in the whole world. Imagine if you have negative self-talk. Imagine what's going through your head. I read a statistic on that recently, actually, that said that like 70 to 80% of our thoughts are negative and um, it blew me away. But it tells us why mm. we have such problems with our own identity and it our own surprise me like self-esteem even. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, naturally, let me ask you a question. Naturally, when you get up first thing in the morning, you will get up, what do you think about? Oh, it's negative. Of course. I want to be back in bed, yeah. <laughs> is what I think No, 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 no. First of all, when you get up in the morning, first of all, like, okay, what problem do I need to solve today? Yeah. What's going on in my life that I need to, you know, make sure I take, take care of? Right. You don't get up and say, oh my God, look at my beautiful home. Look at my beautiful wife and look at my four-month-old baby. Yeah. You don't say that. You know, that's not automatic. That's something you got to reprogram yourself to do. So our natural thought is to be able to do that. Hey, look at the news. Is it, oh, look at, let me tell you what's Everything great happening in our country going on today. <laughs> Look at all the cool stuff. Yeah. Nobody's going to watch the news. We're programmed negative. So for you to want to become positive is kind of intuitive, but you can be done. You have to learn how to reprogram yourself. It just has to be on purpose. I mean, I mean, I don't know, a thousand years ago, if something woke you up out of the bed, it's because it was about to eat you. Right. It was a tiger, elephant, a dinosaur or something. Now it's an alarm clock. We're not, nothing's going to eat you, but you're automatically wired 
biologically. Fight or flight. Yeah. Biologically fired. Fight or flight. Yeah. Fight or flight. What I need to do. What's going on? Mm-hmm. What I need to fight. What I need to take care of. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. Matt, Sam, we could keep talking forever about this stuff. I want to be respectful of your time. Mm-hmm. So one last thing that we'll get into the um, the last segment that I have for you. It's called the random round. We'll get into that in a second. So what are, do you think the three most important skills that every entrepreneur needs to develop? Like no negotiation. You have to develop these three skills. Copywriting. Okay. Persuasion. Okay. And marketing. Got it. So all three kind of overlapping too. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. They're not, they're not all the same, but you know, I think you definitely need to be able to sell and persuade. You need to market, be able to learn how to market. And at the end of the day, man, I mean, you got to put it all together. And copywriting, I think, is one of the big, the greatest skill. Be able to persuade people on copy as far as entrepreneurship. One-to-many persuasion. Absolutely. Right. Not one-to-many. The greatest, the greatest book on that is called Influence. By Robert Cialdini. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the greatest book on that. And if for those of people who are listening to this or uh, watching this, go buy that book. It's going to change your life. Yeah. So there we go. That I mean, that's that's really one skill. Ultimately, that's persuasion, right? Yep. Sales, marketing, copywriting, like putting this all into one thing. But that's interesting because that's the number one answer that I get for that question is exactly that. Because everybody that I talk to knows how paramount and knows how important that particular skill set is. How do you how do you think Donald Trump became right. president? How do you think Jesus became Jesus? Mm, yeah. I mean, he was had to. Master Son of God, persuader. persuade the masses. Mm. And, you know, this is, this is a skill that's, you know, is never going to go away. Yeah. What do you think? Tony Robbins, he's a master persuader. Right. And persuasion, a lot of people's like, oh, persuade people. It's not a negative thing. Right, right, exactly. You got to use it towards a positive. Totally. Yeah. Now, there's so many things I, I know that we could keep chatting forever. So let's go ahead and move into the last segment here. Random round. Just a few quick random questions, quick random sure. answers. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? I'm always fascinated with real estate. I, ever since I was a little kid, I was, I was playing Monopoly. Okay, yeah. You know, so I think real estate will be, will be a great, it'll be a fun thing to be able to get, to get into. So yeah. for me, if I wanted to, I'll, I'll do real estate. If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be? Tony Robbins. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos? Audiobooks and books. Okay. I feel like... If a book is really, really good, I have to read it, then I have to listen to it. Yeah, I get that too. For you know, sure. you know. So, so I'm gonna tell you one little weird thing that I do. Okay. So when I part of my normal routine when I get up in the morning used to be that I read my goals out loud. So I have my, you know, my 2019 goals for the mm-hmm. year, and also have my life goals. Okay. So I read them out loud, and now what I've done is that I've re- recorded my voice saying each goal. So not only that I'm reading them, but I'm listening to myself saying these goals and it's so much more powerful than doing that so if i read a book or i listen to the audiobook and i said man this is a great book and i need to go and find a different sensory way mm. to be able to consume it do the opposite of whatever you correct. were doing at the time yeah right correct love that so this feeds directly into what you were kind of just talking about give us a glimpse of your morning routine so i get up at three o'clock in the morning let me go back i was gonna say what time do you go to bed <laughs> so let me go back so before i even go to bed you know, before I do anything, the night before, I set out my clothes, both for my workout and for my work. I print out my schedule for the day to come. Mm-hmm. So before I go to bed, I have a 30,000 foot view of what my schedule is going to look like the next day. Mm-hmm. And I set out everything, you know, so when I get up in the morning, my pre-workout is ready. My goals are right there. I'm going through my ritual of I'm drinking my workout, reading my goals, and saying my gratitude list. I get to the gym at 4 o'clock in the morning, you know, from 4 to about 5.30, 6 o'clock, I work out. I come home. Your workouts consist mostly of weightlifting? Weightlifting and cardio. So usually I work out for about an hour. Then I come home and I walk Kaiser, my little, my dog. Okay. I German Shepherd for two miles. Then I take a shower, have a nice breakfast, spend some time with the family. And then I head to the office where I just stay home and work from home. Got it. Awesome. What is your go-to pump-up song? Gosh, man. I don't think there is ever a better pump-up song than the original Rocky. That build up. Yeah. I mean, like, if I want to. It's iconic. Bro, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think you can get better than that. Yeah. That's like the war, right? Yeah. You can feel the, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, you know, right. you can you, you can just feel it coming, man. And I don't think there's ever going to be a better pump-up song than that. What is something outside of business that you are just not very good at? I'm not good at anything else but business. <laughs> I've concentrated. I'm a firm believer on becoming the best at one thing. And like, if you see anything in this house, anything in any pictures that are hanging here, I didn't hang them up. I would F them up. They'll be crooked <laughs> as a mother. 
You know what I mean? Like, I have no handyman Holes skills. In the walls. You yeah. know, if, if, if the waste disposal is not working, yeah. it might be a simple thing, but I say, call the handyman. You know what I mean? So I'm not good at anything around the house. I'm not really good at much anything else, but I dedicated my life into learning human anatomy, biomechanics, nutrition, and also psychology to be able to get people past through those barriers that they usually self-sabotage when it comes to health and fitness. Yeah, amazing, man. Besides uh, looking at the camp and all that kind of stuff, what is one place online where we're gonna find more of you? Yeah, you know, everything. You can Google my name, Sam, S-A-M, Bakhtiar, B-A-K-H-T-I-A-R. That's my website, that's my Instagram handle, yeah. that's my Facebook. You spend the majority of time on Instagram as far as I social? Do. I do, okay. yeah, I and that's do. just at Sam Bakhtiar. At Sam Bakhtiar, yeah. correct. Cool, so if you're checking this out right now, head over and check out any of Sam's stuff, like his website, his uh, YouTube, Instagram, all those things. Go check out all of his stuff. It's at Sam Bakhtiar, that's B-A-K-H-T-I-A-R. I promise you, you will not regret it. This dude is one of the OGs of this space and uh, you will always learn something. You'll come away with tremendous value. Plus there's some awesome entertainment on there, which is cool. I like how you mix that in a little yeah, bit. Have to, man. Too, you have to. Too fun. many people avoid that part and I think that's a huge Thank part you. of the learning process. So I want to acknowledge you for that. But seriously, go check out some of Sam's stuff. Sam, I really appreciate you for coming on the show today, man. I had a blast chatting with you. It's an honor. Thank you, Charles. Hey, yes, Thanks sir. for Appreciate it. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. As most of you know, I talk a lot about giving value to others. This podcast is one of the ways that I do that since all the content from the show is totally 100% for free. And when people ask me how they can add value to me, one of the ways I tell them is to head over to iTunes, hit the subscribe button and leave a rating and review. This not only gives me valuable feedback on what you think about the show, but it also helps me with Apple's algorithm. So please, 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 if you have not done that yet, head over to iTunes, leave a rating and review for the show. It adds tremendous value and it only takes a minute or two of your time. Also, if you have not yet registered for my live event out here at Top Golf behind MGM in Las Vegas this coming November, then you're going to want to head to buildyournetworklive.com to do that right away. Seating is extremely limited, so you need to act fast on this. Head to buildyournetworklive.com to grab your ticket today. Trust me, you are going to want to be a part of this inaugural live event so that in 10 years from now, you can brag about being one of the founding members. Plus, you know me, I promise I will over-deliver on value and make it worth way more than you are going to invest to get here. So have a wonderful rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.